everything was all good. Uh, it was at uh, one of the boys' house, you know, the, the big bro's house. Um, everything was all professionally done. Bombings on the wall, uh, and you know, the little recording booth was there as well. Federals and, and the police, they were, they were always there. That was pretty hot. That's hot there. You know, seeing some big looking crumb dudes uh, on TV. So that, I, I think that was the attraction there. Dear Heavenly Father, please watch over me and the brother here and everybody watching. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, my brother. So what's your name and where you from, my bro? Yeah, so the name is uh, Rocky Masiepu. Uh Born and raised in South Auckland. But I'm actually uh, of Nguyen descent. So, <clears throat> yeah, we're one in a million, man. So there's not much of us out here. Um, but yeah. Been out in South Auckland, Otara specifically in my own life. Um, and uh, it's been an interesting journey. Mean, brother, yeah, mean. Man. It's it's awesome to have <laughs> you on, brother. Welcome to the Fallen Show. So this is the man Rocky here. So um, currently he's uh, actually a youth worker, um, you know, working with the rangatahi, working with the youth um, and, you know, education, employment, you know, which is um, obviously, you know, much needed um, work that you're doing, brother. So, you know, big ups for what you're doing, brother. Um, he's also got a, a crazy story, you know, he's, he's, he's been for a bit, he's a bit of a, well, back in the day, you know, he was a bit of a hood star, a bit of a, you know, an artist for, <laughs> artist for Colourway Records, you know what I mean? So he's, um, he's um, you know, been in the music industry and, um, you know, back in the days as well, you know what I mean? Obviously the music industry's changed a lot now, you know what I mean? Especially with the with the whole scene in Australia sort of um, coming to the forefront of the whole Pacific Island sort of thing that they got going over there. But back when this guy was rapping, it was pretty much New Zealand and that was it, eh, brother? Sucks, yeah, man. Hey, sucks. That's quite overwhelming to hear there, Dave. But um, no, nah, yeah, you know, uh, in context, it's, it's been quite massive and, uh, and an honourable kind of road to follow through. You know, not just the music, but just being a, a young person growing up in Otara. It's quite colourful out here. And I think it's only been enriched from um, the younger generation, not just in terms of music, but what everyone else is doing, you know. And, um, yeah, the music scene itself was, was quite hectic back then. Man, I think it's been well over 10 years now, 15-plus years. So um, that's been a, a massive pathway, not just for myself, but music in general, hood music, street music, real music. And I've had the, you know, the actual honour to be alongside the other brothers uh, that were on the label back then. Mm. Most definitely, man. I mean, um, yeah, man, you guys were definitely trendsetters, brother, with the whole colorway records um, thing, man. I mean, even now, man, the whole beats that you guys were coming up, the production value and all that's just insane, brother, even in today's standard, man. So much props, brother, and, and definitely for mm. what you're doing now, man, working with the youth and that. It's um, just real honorable work, brother, to give back to the community and things like that. So I guess, so where did you um, grow up, brother? And so can you paint a picture of what the area was like for, you know, Aussie viewers and people that aren't familiar with the area? Yeah, oh, shucks, man. I don't know where to start, but I think, um, you know, it's just like everywhere else you grew up in, in the country, in the world. Um, it's It's been, it's been colourful. Um, uh, you know, it hasn't been that successful growing up. I, I think... Um, you know, growing up, you you would all you would have two avenues you would follow. It would either be sports, uh, education, or um, or, or, the, or the, the the street life. You know, so I was quite reluctant enough to be inspired by 
my surroundings and the people around me at that time because growing up, I think, in the 80s and 90s, I think I always look back at it as the golden era. And, you know, that's something I, I, I hold close to my heart because uh, when you look at how extensive times have changed now from what it was back then, not just the music, but in general, the time of era, shucks, it's been a massive change, you know, uh, especially with the trend that everyone's rocking now in terms of styles, you know, tight jeans, tight tops and whatnot. Uh, you hardly see baggy jeans, although you see that era slowly coming up now with the younger generation, because that's what I see out now. Um, some people rocking like baggy ass jeans, baggy ass tops, and you can see that. It's like you can see, you can see time changing, <clears throat> especially with the music now. And I think music played a heavy part um, while growing up in South Auckland, Otara, because um, the music was quite rich and it still is now. And back then, music for us, uh, in terms of local artists, we're looking up to people such as um, Ehrman, you know, uh, Radio Backstab, also known as back in the days, uh, Ehrman Lotto. So his music kind of played a part in our lives and our journey. But also having close uh, fellowship of um, some other local artists, such as, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Sick, uh, Carlos, Carlos Diamond. Um, he's also been an influencer in the music pathway that I've carried. But I think growing up, you know, um, I'm quite I'm quite fortunate I went to, I made it through primary, I made it through intermediate, and I made it through college. But just because I went through that pathway of school doesn't mean that, um, you know, I graduated like that. I back in those days, I was actually going to school just to eat lunch, look at the girls, and scab money from other people. And that's what it was. That was the culture back then, and that was cool. I don't know what it's like now, but that who were some sort of some of the people that you looked up to, brother, as you were growing up? And um, oh man, I, I would say around that time, I would, oh, still is it basically family? Um, you know, older siblings, older cousins, but then you know, as you grow up older, um, hanging out. Uh, late at night would be something normal. Playing at the basketballs, basketball courts late at night would be normal. And then I guess that's where the fellowship generated with a lot of the, the hood boys now. These days, you know, um, something a lot of us that have in common, just being around in the community, in the neighborhood, just hanging around, hanging out. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And then just like family, everyone knew everyone. And so uh, music was always around, you know. Um, Mm, it's just one of those things where everywhere you go, it's just music. But I think music in general for us uh, in those eras, um, obviously the 90s eras is quite rich for us as we look back now. Because uh, Sid and his team were obviously doing music at that same time or a little bit earlier. Um, and then, uh, if I can remember right, Colorway obviously came about into fruition with the local boys. So much props to those guys too, you know. It wasn't just all about me. I was an artist that came on later because uh, they already had formed the group and the, the record label back then. So I happened to be just already in the music scene already with another local artist. So I was kind of like a a person, like a hype man for um, Los Carlos. And then I, I think, uh, you know, I kind of looked up, well, I pretty much looked up to him in terms of music. And then... I think that because, as I said, really, everyone knows everyone. You know, if you're from the neighborhood, if you're from the same neighborhood, everybody knows everyone. And I think that's where, um, you know, uh, the crossover with uh, mixing music together came uh, a thing with working with other artists, such as, um, you know, Colorway and having um, Sid and his team come up through the, through from that transition in time. 
so like, yeah choice, so when choice. did you so when did you jump on to Kalawai brother and 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 uh, get all that started i think somehow we crossed paths i crossed paths with the boys in the neighborhood you know start off with drinking and hanging around and then one thing led to another before i know it you know i got um, invited to the studio um and then yeah it just it just went from there you know i had a meeting had a hoi with the boys and then asked to jump on and say, oh, yeah, why not? You know, cool. But I didn't look at it as anything about money or for money. It was always for the love of music, for music. And I think that's where, that's how everything just kind of um, built from there. You know, and so, yeah, I, I came on later, later on when the artists were already established. They were already making beats. They were already making music. And, um, mm, but it was, it was pretty bad. It was dope, man, back in those days, back, back then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, now nah, I looked dope too, brother. Like, who sort of made up the, the team, bro, I guess, of, like, production and all of that thing? Because, bro, the beats were mean, bro, you know what I mean? Like, all the songs and that, all the beats, they just were, like, real professional yeah. and, like, and it, like this was, like, were you guys recording, like, at a proper studio or was, like, in a house or? Yeah, um, Sharks was just down the road from here too. Everything was all hood. Uh, it was at uh, one of the boys' house. You know, the, the, the big bro's house. Um, and what they did was uh, they they changed the, the sleep out, the garage into a studio. So, you know, even though it was hood, um, everything was all professionally done. Like, uh, uh, man, there were uh, bombings on the wall. Um, and, you know, the little recording booth was there as well. Um, but I think, you know, the, the sounds of it kind of like justifies itself as well, you know, from production to writing and just having that whole aura and energy uh, or something else back then. So, yeah, everything was all, it was a home studio, but everything was professionally done. So, you know, I give it up to the two boys and rest in peace to face killer Paul Dalton because he also played a massive part in that. Um, he was part of the production, uh, the beats and the recording as well, as well as um, Fizz, known as Fizz back then. He's known as the prophet now. So, you know, the bro's still doing some beats, making some mad music now. Um, so that's still in the works. That's still cooking up. And um, um, yeah, so those are the two guys behind the production and, and mastering and stuff and so forth. But how was like, so were you guys like at this time, bro, like how was like the police and that attitude towards you guys and the music and say you yourself, was there much experience with the police and sort of hassling years or anything like that or, oh, or public perception? Definitely. Um, sucks, man. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. Definitely, you know, uh, Federals and, and the police, they were they were always there uh, you know, for certain reasons. Because Shark Man, when you look at it back now, everything was under the radar, you know. So when you think about it from a logistic point of view, um, you've got a bunch of dudes, a bunch of grown ass men, putting out music coming out from Otara, um that kind of transitioned into a pathway of mainstream. When you think about it. That was pretty hot. That's hot there. You know, seems a big looking crumb dudes uh, on TV. So that, I, I think that was the attraction there and kind of put everything under the radar. But, um, you know, it was all for the love of music uh, from what I thought, from what I, from what I still think now, because, uh, man, uh, you know, sometimes passion takes you places, man, and kind of that's where it took us. That's where it took the boys. And uh, the feeling of being in the studio and just creating, being a creative person, music in general, is unexplainable, man. You can't explain the feeling. Everywhere we went, it was pretty hot. Like, pretty hot in terms of, man, obviously, 
things were bugged, man, you know, being watched like an eagle. Mm. Mm. And history tells itself, man, it explains itself, but shucks, who would have thought? Man, you guys are like the Otar version of like Death Row, man, or something like that, bro. I swear. Man. Oh. Like, because so for my Aussie viewers, that people that don't know about Colorway, like, you know, you guys were, yeah, pretty influential, man, in the whole scene. And, bro, like you said, man, like, this wow. was back when, like, Bebo, you know what I mean? Like, this was like before Facebook, oh. and like, YouTube was like just coming out, you know what I mean? Like, just people were oh. just hearing about it back then yeah i mean you know i can only say so much on behalf of myself and on behalf of the artist and the label um but i think you know if i remember correctly i i think um it wasn't it wasn't about the charts i think uh for us with the brothers and the label itself so when you think about it we're some hood ass dudes like street gutter people so actually to have the music and the two compilations on mainstream platforms actually selling in Marbex, you know, um, sounds. Um, what else was there? Uh, the, so all these mainstream platforms where you sell in the shop, like these are CDs. So when you think about it, some hood as people from Otara having their material, their music and mainstream shelves selling next to Savage, Aradna, PNC, and all those other artists, international artists, local artists, that was a big deal. That was massive, you know. And I, I don't think uh, when you look back at history, um, anyone else can say that. But I think having that, that exposure out into the media, kind of shone more light, and it kind of, you know, uh, put it on the map. And I, you know, within saying that, I, I think the community, our community, our other people, kind of looked at that as well. It's like, wow, these guys are cracking it. These guys are actually putting music on the shelves. So that kind of that's how I looked at it anyway. That was my point of view. And you know, shout out to the big to the big homie and um everyone else that was behind the label. Because sharks, that's the golden era. That was all time. Mm -hmm. Amongst yeah. many other things, you know? Amongst many other things. So we got golden yeah. era all right, my bro. So like um also then we did a sort of progress from there, brother. You know what I mean? With Colorway and and you and your um rapping. Career, where did it sort of progress from there? Oh man, shucks. I, I think um, once everything kind of uh, escalated down, obviously, because I, I wouldn't say the label crashed, but it was on a standstill. Obviously, you know, certain brothers went on holiday. They went on a long holiday, the, the jail and prison and stuff like that. And things just got frozen. So, you know, um, I think for me, myself, I kind of went back to Mahi, but still having that desire with music. So I think with music, it wasn't like I wanted to put out an album. I was just thankful enough that uh, I had the opportunity to be a part of that time where we could record music and put it out. It was just the, the whole being involved and being creative and writing music. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think for me, I continued going back to work. Sharks, I went through various jobs, but still writing and creating music and um you know, everyone's got to survive. Everyone's got to try and make their bread and butter somehow, yeah. uh, whether it's legit or not. You know, everybody's going to get money, especially with these struggling tough times, man. Look at the picture now. It's like $3.20. I was like, what right. the hell? That's a live for bread and milk. Yeah, so, you know, know, times are still fun. tough. Times are different, but it's still tough. Yeah, it's tough. All right, man. You want to let the bloody countdown, mate? You know what I mean? That's looking oh. at that receipt there, brother. Wow, bro. Shucks, bro. It's, it's the GST bro. for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> we soldier on, we soldiering on. But um, uh, well, bro, like, how how was that for you, man? Like when the when um things sort of did start, um, you know, like you said, you know, people were going to jail and things like that. Like, how, how was that sort of shattering for your brother? Like um, having that happen and or yeah, or in some ways, yeah. Um, but I think you know, um, it is what it is, you know, Colloway. Um, you know, in terms of uh, well, what can you, music, can you can you sort of explain what that name means, bro, Colloway? So from what, what, so yeah, I, as I said, man, I can only say so much for myself and from what I remember back in those times. Um, times, it actually is colorway is just uh, pretty much an abbreviation for doing things our way. You know, that's what I mean, like having the freedom to do things your way, without being tied to, um, saying hey, uh, you owe us this or you do us this, you. You owe us so many albums. You know how music now and these days, you've got to be real mindful and sharp on what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, but that's what that, that's what kind of, kind of stood for everyone else. Um, that's what I meant, really, you know, doing things our way, our own way. So, like, so, yeah, so from there, brother, so going back to Mahi, how did that sort of, um, and then, you know, still doing music as well, how did that sort of um, transition into... Um, what you're doing now, brother, with the whole, you know, the, uh, youth work and, and, and how long have you been doing youth work for now? Oh, I've been in the sector for about, um, I'd say about 10 years plus now, 10 years plus. Um, and that's through, you know, voluntary work, working in the community um, and working for various organizations. But I think, um, you know, this youth game stuff, I've been in my whole life, you know, and have kind of inspired from music. There was a moment and point of time where we were sitting in the lab in church and studio in the studio, bro. And I and I and I've got a whole lot of gang of footage that you know no one has seen where I'm in the studio and I'm recording on a on a phone. It wasn't an iPhone, it was like a when these first when these video phones came out. I started recording people in the studio and around me in the studio was a group of bees, you know. The killer bees back then, which are now, you know, obviously patch members now. Um, so I saw that. I was like, wow, shucks. That was my first foundation into look on what Euphoric was like. Because I was a part of that and I was being surrounded by energy. That energy was raw, was creative, all the balls were riding. Like these weren't even rappers, but they were they were full of energy that they picked up the pen and started writing and started going in the studio and recording and mucking around. So I saw that. I was like, fuck, that's cool. Because that was creativity for one, and that was Euphoric for two. So I, I came into a point of time where I kind of led myself into retail, working into retail. And it wasn't until I, I, stood, I stood in that um, in that shop and I thought to myself, shucks, can I really make a career out of Euphoric? Can I get into, you know, what do I need to do to get into Euphoric? And... and and get the money, get into money. So yeah, but I'm, I'm quite thankful for everything that I went through in terms of uh, being associated, affiliated, no regrets, you know, um, because it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have be where I am today without that co-papa, without seeing that co-papa through my own eyes and through the life that we live, and what all the boys have lived, you know, and it's all love. It's all for the love of music. And, you know, passion can only take you so far, but it's the half. It's the hard, um, it's the hard job. It's the hard work. It's the hard money you put into it. Whether you got to wake up at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, someone's got to do it. And also gives you that heart, eh, brother? It gives you the heart for it, man, which is so important. Um, mm. all day. Also, 
so so yeah brother so how was it man so how is it you know what i mean i'm doing what you're doing now brother and um Right. I guess how how has the area changed? You know what I mean. So you're you're still working in Otara and South Auckland and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, hard man. I'm still trying to, uh, you know, keep my ear to the streets with the youngins, and it's obviously it's been quite a, quite hot right now, right now with, with everything else that's going on in the community. But um, I love it, man. You know, whether you pay me five dollars an hour, a hundred dollars an hour, I still do. I still do it because it's not about the money. It's about making that change. It's about setting their pathway, and it's about utilizing your your history, your past co-papa, as well as your fucker to utilize and to make it sound like selling people to dream. You know, some of these kids right now um, they're struggling to get back into education or get into education or try and stay in, stay in mainstream education. And there are so many pathways where we can utilize and help and support our um, our ramatahi. So for me, man, I love it, man. You know, and it comes down to engagement and relationship. Anyone that's working in the youth game right now, they would know it comes down to your engagement, your genuine engagement and your conversation. Could be something like this, you know, sharing bread over the screen or sharing food, literally food, sitting down. And that's when, you know, you get to understand, um, shucks, man, this young person has been through a lot. Oh, shucks, okay, I can help this young person. I can put them in here. It varies, eh? I mean, there's it, it's quite a lot of challenges, social issues, drug issues. But I think that the hardship that I'm seeing now is addiction. Not not that addiction, not not the drug addiction, but the um, the console addiction. There's an addiction on gaming, bro. Bro. You know, uh, yeah, it, that's what I've been seeing in my experiences, uh, experiences through some, some young ones are going to sleep like early as in the morning, they're up all night, they go to sleep, six o'clock, seven o'clock, two hours sleep, and they're back on the gaming. So it's, it's that it's that kind of impact. But it's also, I, I think I would say really the poverty, you know, financial, financial hardship, poverty hardship, just the struggle of um, having something to eat, you know. And I, I think I've been quite fortunate to be in that space to offer some kind of support you know, whether it's food parcels or just having a feed and just trying to mentor and encourage, you know, that there is hope. But it's about utilizing what you can do to access things for the young person as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, it's crazy because on the news recently, I saw, you know, they were going on about, you know what I mean, the, um, the ram raids and things like that, <coughs> the, the amount of ram raids and all of that. And, they, they they attributed it yeah, to, to, to the rise in it because you know there's not enough cameras you know what I mean pretty much there's right. not enough police there's no mention of the price of living you know what I mean no mention of uh, you know what I mean you know what you're hundred percent right you're hundred percent right bro yeah no I didn't realize that man that's been extensive for ages for many 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 years you know and it's yeah you it's but you know what man I, I think they add they add fuel to the fire. Media adds fuel to the fire. What I mean by that is what they're actually doing is they're encouraging more people. They're encouraging more young people to do it because that's the hot topic right now. So once they see it online, they see it on the news, they see it all over social media platforms, it's going to encourage more young people to do it. Yeah. Because it hasn't, has, hasn't stopped. It's kept on. It's given people confidence. It's given young people confidence to get out there and make it earn and get that easy buck. Oh, man, everything is a risky. 
Yeah, no, well, that's right, brother. That's right, man. Well, we're sort of coming to the end here, brother. You know what I mean, man, bro. Thanks for jumping on, brother. It's it's, it's been cool, man. Having an OG on Easy. here, brother. Having a having a. a oh no, nah, not a OG, everybody. man. Not uh, OG. Yeah, <laughs> rap OG. You know, what I mean? oh, credit where credits do. Credit where credits do. <laughs> oh, um, hey, bro. Well, do you, do you sort of have any messages, brother, for, you know, the rangatahi out here, bro, or the young fellas out there, or any messages to anyone, bro, before we wrap this up? Yeah, um, you know, never lack faith. Always have a dream, but always have faith. And, um, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, stick fat. Stick to your guns, man, you know. And I know it, 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 life is a struggle. Sometimes life is hard, but, you know, you got to keep pushing. You know, you got to keep going, keep the wheels turning, because somewhere, somehow, you know, you do matter. and um, you're important. All our young people are as important as just as our old old folks, you know. Everybody's important. And I think it's only a matter of time until, you know, things come into fruition. So never lack faith, man. And stick to your guns and, um, yeah. Exactly Just right, keep pushing. Man. Stick to your guns, man. Keep pushing. Faith can move mountains, man. Don't worry about that. You just got to keep it. Definitely. And don't let the world talk you out of it, man, for sure. All right, bro. No, I appreciate you, Dave. Thank you, man. And, uh, you know, thank you for allowing me to jump on and, you know, share, share a bit of yarn and whatnot. But um, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Right, much love, my bro. Talk soon.